Welcome, everybody, to the Of Saints and Sinners podcast. I'm your host with the most, your MC, Delight, and I am joined by none other, the fantabulous, miraculous, Mr. Lord and Tailored himself, Yo. DJ. Yo. <laughs> we need some, some serious radio sound effects from like Z100 days. Oh, yeah. Here. <laughs> They're definitely coming. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> What's been going on with you? Chilling. Uh, it's been a busy week. I actually didn't have a weekend. So that, that kind of sucked. Why is that? Well, I work on the weekends, my regular Joe Schmo job. Did you have and a, then, a lovely person in your life to share? Oh, oh I forgot about all that. No, I, I shared it with my desk, my office desk. <laughs> so that's how that worked. Your office and then, name. um, <sighs> Shirley, she's <Sure>. old. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. She's old and worn out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got some grandmother issues. Oh man! <laughs> but no. Um, Sunday. Uh, what did I do? Oh, I had rehearsal for Cicely Tyson's funeral. Yeah. And then um, I just uh, grabbed a quick bite, and I, I went to work like three hours late. <laughs> so that was oh. a thing. Yeah, there's a whole there's a whole thing about that. But yeah, so I did you know go to you work. Really don't give a fuck about your job anymore when you start showing up at any time that you want. <laughs> Yo, and like, oh god. I, you know me, I'm like, oh god, is somebody listening? I really don't think my boss listens, but you know, like sometimes I just like, well, on the weekends I can show up late and nothing happens. Oh, okay. Now if something went wrong, then it'd be like, okay, but I've been like going late for months. <laughs> Cause my like during the week I'm on time, but like sun, especially Sundays I'd be like, no. <laughs> so th- that's that. And then um, so yesterday was the funeral. Then I had to record some music. For this other church I'm playing at for a month, I had to go down to a studio and do that. Yeah, where so, was yeah. that? Because y'all oh, were getting real jazzy with it. No, that was Monday. That was in Long Island. This other guy oh. asked me to um, record a video for this artist who's doing like a spiritual, like a jazzy thing. That mm-hmm. was like, we were just jamming, like doing sound check and stuff. Oh. Um, that was Monday. And then yesterday, that was a sound check? <laughs> well, that was like a sound check slash we started vibing and then niggas just got crazy. <laughs> yeah yeah so um so that was cool that was in oyster bay long island so okay that's like it took two hours to get there on the train i was about to say that's like really far because mm-hmm. yeah, that's so. like past um uh, ronkonkoma right yeah 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 mm-hmm. it was like a line i never been on i usually take the i usually go to freeport to my aunt's house yeah so this is like a new track so i was like all nervous and all that but yeah so it's been a busy few days so, um, I guess I'll wait till next weekend to get some rest. <laughs> How about you? Um, I've been good. This weekend was my girlfriend's birthday. And two days after that, sorry, take it back. Her birthday is two days after uh, Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. yeah, double duty. Exactly. The entire weekend is just dedicated to her. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. speaking of which, you know, the entire time I'm like on social media, I see all, you know, how like maybe, maybe a couple of years back, 
whenever Valentine's Day would come around, it was always, uh, you would always see the acronym SAD, like Singles Awareness Day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think now they've tried to to rebrand it to Galentine's. And it's just like, you know, all the girls, they get with their girlfriends and they, you know. Oh, gal. Yeah, like gal. Mm -hmm. I'm just like. What's the what's the homie equivalent of that? Is is like Palentine's my pal. Oh yeah, that, that's that's clever. <laughs> listen, anything to make money, because listen, um, everybody's not dating, so it's like, oh, if you have like those these little corny titles, they'll people will go out to eat and celebrate. Yeah. So it's like but any- men don't celebrate love like that. <laughs> no, no, no. That's we true, we right. barely celebrate our friendships. We'd be like, right, right, right. Like, yo, whatever happened yeah. to Kev? You'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that nigga in, in six months. I'm like, <laughs> did you check on him? Right. Nah. <laughs> yeah. So did y'all go out? No, oh, I cooked though. I cooked. Oh, you cooked. Yeah. So, um, I I was going to make or no. Here's what I I made for Valentine's Day. I made shishito peppers. Like, if you ever go to the top of the spots and they have like kind of like the the charred green greenish peppers mm-hmm. those are shishito peppers they're a little spicy got a little kick to it so i made that and then i followed it up with a coconut cauliflower soup mm-hmm. which i found online or found a recipe for that online and then i was going to top it off with cacio e pepe which mm-hmm. is an italian dish it's just literally pasta with cheese and pepper it's really good but for whatever reason it's incredibly hard to make mm. if you're not like you had to follow the instructions to a t which i did not do i accidentally so the instructions basically say you're supposed to melt um you're supposed to melt two tablespoons of butter first and then mix in the pepper with that i misread the instructions and so i melted all the butter first Oh, wow. <laughs> and so that was the end of my journey into the culinary arts. <laughs> <laughs> so I tried to save it, but I don't think I did a good job. I mean, the, the cauliflower soup came out amazing, in my opinion. Um, and so did, I mean, the shishito peppers is literally just oil, salt, and then you just, you grill them, essentially. Mm-hmm. So that's not hard to do. But I was really hoping that I would come out with, you know, the Cacio and Pepe, like a master chef. I did not. I was quite, I was a novice, an amateur. Next time. I was you a, got it. I was a kid playing with grown men. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, otherwise the weekend was good. Uh, I enjoyed myself. I'm glad we had the Monday off. That was much needed. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah. Um, but let's get into it, man. What you guys, you got for us a confession or a testimony this week? Uh, let me think. Uh, okay, well, I'll talk about this. So I put up a picture yesterday of, um, it was like a side view of me on a drums at the church for the funeral. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And, and I put up... Um, yeah, speaking kinda... of which, sorry, before you go on, you were there mm-hmm. with some pretty famous people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, you want me to talk about that? Um, you were in the midst of greatness. Yeah, I you, mean, you were in the midst of greatness. I'm so weak at you eating right now. <laughs> Yo, 
Yeah, it, it was cool. I mean, it wasn't as many as I thought it was going to be, um, but I think Condoleezza Rice was there. Really? Um, yeah, because this lady got up and said, oh, Condoleezza, and she she's over there. <clears throat> so I was, like, so I, was, I kept looking like, wait, I don't... I, don't, I can't quite see but, um but tyler perry was there he had a presence to him uh that was cool to see him in person other than like on, on a stage right right um the clintons but the, i mean they like almost like harlem <laughs> like regulars now right right and then um valerie simpson that was kind of i saw condola rashad which is felicia rashad's daughter she was she was kind of tore up like oh for, like emotionally yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. No, not not physical. That would be wild. <laughs> yeah, this thing busted. I was like, I was about to say you wilding, son. Nah, 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 nah. nah she was kind of toe up. I mean, she's know. actually on. She's on one of my favorite shows, actually. Um, oh, billions. Billions. Woo. Yeah. She yeah. she be getting her stuff in with that. In what way? Acting wise. Oh, oh, okay. I was like, ooh, I'm gonna have to watch that. Okay, um, so yeah, so I was on the drums. So then I kind of like I don't know why I started writing this like transparent post about like um my struggles with my gifts. So that's my confession. Like mm -hmm. I have always struggled with the idea of me really making a living out of my craft. So um, you know, like I just always, and, I, and then I struggle with like um, intimidation with other drummers. So it's always, it's kind of held me back for a little bit. So, you yeah. know, that's when I really don't have anything more to say about it. I mean, I've just always second guess myself. Maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I shouldn't do that. I haven't always put all, my all in all into my gift, mm -hmm. like in terms of practicing or like buying equipment or studying the craft. But, you know, as, and I also say on the post, you know, I've been grateful to still make a living from it for yeah. eight years, but you know, I, I do struggle with it daily. You, you know, know it, what you said reminded me of um, Joe Budden on one of his episodes I was listening to. He said, you know, whenever, if you're a rapper and you have to do like either a posse cut, where it's like all these other rappers, or even if you're just being featured, right. He was saying that, you know, you as a rapper, you're always kind of on edge because you just don't know how the other one, how the other guy's going to bring it, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it's, but it's always your boys in the background who be like, ah, nah, it's just so and so, and it's like you always look at them just like, like, are you getting in the booth? Are, are you the one that's going <laughs> to that's going to get all the criticism about how you got killed on this track? So. I can definitely, I, I, well, I can't, I guess I can't, simp, I can't empathize with you because I've never been in that situation before. Mm -hmm. I totally, I, I, I sympathize. I, I guess I can understand where you're coming from uh, in terms of you being a drummer and, and having to be in a competitive landscape with other drummers, you know, mm -hmm. who have the same mm -hmm. skill set. Um, Cause you don't know how you're going to be perceived compared to them. You know, I've always thought at just as a, as a, not just as a friend, but I've always thought that you were very good at the drums and I've never not heard anyone say that about you. So. Oh, well, thank you. So now you got to go back out there and 
go find some. Yeah, work. it's so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you got work, but right. I was like, okay. No, no, no. no I, 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 I know what you mean. Oh, somebody's dying over there. <laughs> Somebody is dying over there. But no, um, it was so crazy too because I posted that little clip of me in the studio, mm-hmm. and people were like, "Oh God!" Like I had no idea. I'm like, "Wow!" I really do not post about me playing the drums. No, you don't. Everybody knows about the style and the food and this and that, and it's like, "Wow!" So I'm gonna try to. I when I got all those responses, I said, "I'm gonna try to do better." But, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, we. I'll I'll talk to you offline about what I think you could do. Mm-hmm. But we'll save it for for another time. Um, as for me, my confession. Damn, I did have a confession. Um, but I guess I'll go with a testimony. I'm just happy that I am loved, and that goes out to you, my darling. You know who you are. <laughs> That's, that's it. That's wonderful. Oh, listen, a lot of people don't have that. Yeah, yeah. Or they, or they're in some that's not true. Oof. Which I wonder how painful that must be. Yo, there's nothing like trying to show someone that you care and you love them, and they just be like, "Okay," mm-hmm. <laughs> shoulder shrug you. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I've I've been in those relationships, so you just be like, "Damn." Yeah, you used to like what, those a lot. What the hell am I doing wrong? <laughs> yeah, but you used to like that. I'm a Remember sucker that? for I'm a sucker for abuse, yo. Yeah. It's like, don't I'm not. I I, <laughs> I love to be loved. Yes. But um, well, those are our, our testimonies for the week. Let's get back into what we're really here for, Black History Month. Um mm-hmm. So Black History Month fact, Judas and the Black Messiah came out this weekend. Did you watch it? I have not seen it yet. I haven't had the time, unfortunately, but I do plan to. I think if you like, you like Malcolm X, so you'll enjoy this. Okay. Yeah, it's um, it's the retelling of Fred Hampton, mm-hmm. who was the leader of the Black Panther Party of Chicago and how he was building what they called the Rainbow Coalition, which was uh, a combination of the Black Panthers, uh, gangs, local gangs in Chicago. They don't even, they, you know, it's funny. They didn't even really call themselves gangs, I guess, at that time. They, they called themselves like street clubs or something like that. Like they were all mm. about just c- protecting their community. They weren't like necessarily uh, what we think of as gangs now. Um, but he had he had basically created a coalition of them, the Young Lords, which was like the um, I guess Hispanic American communities version of the Black Panthers. Um, as well as there was this group, I didn't even realize this, there was this group called the Young Patriots, Mm. who were like, 
they're like those type of white people who are just like, I fly this, I fly my Confederate flag to remind myself of my <laughs> Southern roots, but they oh, also, God. but they also very much were aware that they were getting fucked by the system. And oh, they were yeah. just like, yeah, but the system is still messed up and we're getting our heads bashed in by these police officers, just like everyone else. They're basically poor white people. Mm-hmm. White trash. Yeah. Right, right, right. And so you know, he had created this coalition and it's all about how the FBI went in to undermine um, this movement. You they know, infiltrated it, right? Like, like uh, yeah, they, somebody in, they planted somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's mostly about that guy's relationship to the Black Panthers as well as his relationship with the FBI. Um, mm-hmm. It's a very interesting perspective. Lakeith Stanfield, who... As an actor, I think he's great. I hate hearing about his life outside of his outside of his profession because I'm just like, this dude is weird. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like, did you ever see that clip where he starts eating the toenail, his toenail at in an interview? Oh my god, nah. <laughs> yeah. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then apparently. Um, you're on Clubhouse, so apparently there was a room where people were moaning, and he was in there moaning. Oh, I heard about that room. <laughs> it was like called the moan room or something like that. Like, it was, yo, that's see, that's dumb. It was wild, but I mean, it's like one of those things where if you're good at your craft. No, no one's really going to question what right. you do. <laughs> Unless you're harming people. Right. But yeah. Right. Even then, I mean, look well, what we did. Depending look, on who. Look what we did for R. Kelly. Right. Let that nigga roam. Free. Free. For that, like a, a good two decades. Yeah. But I digress. Um no, if you haven't seen it, I, I think it's it's definitely worthwhile watching. Um, you know, I, I there are times where I wish I could go back, not necessarily live in those times, but just to see it for myself. I would love to see, you know, how the community reacted to Fred Hampton, how the communities reacted to the Black Panthers, you oh, know, yeah. when they were a very active group. I, I think it would be powerful to see. Yeah. It's so crazy because he was only 21 when he was killed. Yeah. 21 years old. Like, imagine you dying at 21. 21 years old and the FBI is scared of you. Yo, crazy. That is insane to me. That means you had way... He probably... I mean... I don't know if he knew it. I'm sure he knew he had influence and like, but I don't know if he felt like he had the same amount of clout as say like a Malcolm X had or Martin Luther King had, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it's not like he was, I mean, maybe I I shouldn't say this. I'm, I'm basing this based on the movie and just how they portrayed it. But it's not like he had this national platform, right? He was fairly, he was fairly local and a lot of Black Panthers respected what he was doing. 
in the in the city of Chicago, but it wasn't like he was taking speaking engagements down south and then he was, you know, going to New York and like doing all this stuff. He was like fairly local. Yeah. And yeah, doing yeah. all this damage, you know? So I would I would have loved to just see what the city of Chicago looked like at at his time and, and just seeing like how people reacted to him. I thought that was pretty amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, what's kind of funny. I didn't really learn about him growing up. I feel like I heard about him in my 20s. Yeah. And if I did hear and if I did hear about him as a kid, it was really in passing. Yeah, I didn't hear about him until way late into college. Like we t- I took a black history uh course and I think dang, did we get that far? Did we get into the 60s and 70s? I think we did. I think we may have watched the documentary. And he was the focus, he was one of the like main focus points in the documentary. And I think we were talking about policing and how it evolved uh, from slavery into like its current day. And I think Mm. they were talking about, um, you know, what happened to him, which savage. Yeah. yeah. Even in them portraying it, it was like, you know how you watch Malcolm X, you know what's going to happen and get yeah. mad anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I felt watching this. I was just like, it, it just amazes me that these things happened to people um, in this country. Yeah. It's amazing how like you can literally, because you're fighting for the rights of your people, Mm-hmm. can scare the American government who's supposed to be for the people. Right. By it's, the, it's, for the people, by the people. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's so full of irony. Yeah. But I appreciate, I appreciate, you know, people like Fred Hampton who, mm-hmm. who took on, who took the mantle to fight for, for justice for black people and you know while the struggle definitely still continues mm-hmm. you know his memory his works i'm glad that they portrayed it in this movie you know even though it's only a i'm sure it's only a small portion of what he accomplished and was able to do you know i'm glad that they have memorialized it in something that is easily digestible and something that could possibly prompt people to go out and learn more about Absolutely. him. So, yeah. I wonder when people are like actually doing the work out there, are they like, wow, someone's gonna make a movie about me one day. No. Like, 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 but like, I wonder, I feel like back then it wasn't a common thought as it is now. Mm-hmm. I don't even, I mean, I think you have to be pretty narcissistic to think someone's gonna write a movie about me one day. Oh, no, 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 or like, or like like you actually what I meant to say was like you can't imagine that someone would so like when Malcolm X was oh, out there doing yeah. the work and it's like he's not thinking that but I guess actually let me put it on my lens when I'm looking at that movie I'm like wow this man when he was living his life he had no idea mm-hmm. yeah that and yeah. I think he died 65 and that came out in 92 so almost 30 years later someone is actually researching the places he went to, even though he wrote, you know, he talked about it in his autobiography, but like somebody's acting what he did. 
it's right. like pretty amazing yeah yeah not only that but like i mean i feel like i feel like dr king knew for sure that he would probably have a place in the history books just because of the things that he was able to accomplish Mm. right like he was he did the march on washington he got the the voting rights act passed and and so like that's a you know he desegregated he basically helped desegregate the south like those are pretty monumental things like malcolm x essentially all he had was a soapbox and a microphone right yeah. like i almost said something else <laughs> oh god what were you gonna say I gotta say, he was part of a cult. <laughs> oh my god! He was though. I mean, as much as I okay, say your point first, and I'll say mine. I was uh, so you know, essentially, all he he didn't get anything passed, no legislation, but he did bring uh, a certain consciousness to people. And I mm -hmm. think for him, for sure, I don't think he would have thought somebody would make a movie about him. I don't think Martin. Martin Luther King knew he, people would make movies about him, but I'm sure he knew that what what they had accomplished was going to be historic. Yeah. Well, and, and then he, th their lens was different. Like nobody was making movies about blacks. Yeah. No. <laughs> like, weren't. and then people definitely weren't making like not like um, biopics about people back then. They were doing like romance movies, maybe some westerns or whatever. If they were no. doing biopics, it was like. Rome, Caesar. Like, yeah, yeah, like like it. like um like historical stuff. So, you know, there's that. Um I was gonna say about the cult. Listen, so I, <laughs> I'm reading the book and it's just like, oh come on, y'all. Like, but what I do respect about Malcolm X, like you said, he's he brought consciousness to people. He let them know like the kind of spell they were under living in America as blacks. Mm, so yeah. there's that, you know, like kind of getting them out of that funk of like kind of like um dependency on white America. Yeah. So he yeah. definitely kind of like got people out of that. But some of the stuff that they believed in the religion, I was like, bro, what are you talking about? What like, they um, what like what? Like Elijah Muhammad was divine. Um, oh, when he got now, nah, I saw this in the movie. I didn't get up to the part in the book yet. I'm gonna see what it says. But in the movie, he was like, because you know he was preaching like their version of holiness, like marrying one wife, yeah, you, yeah. you know all of that's like kind of like how we do. Mm -hmm. But then when he was having all these babies in the movie, he was like, "Well, I'm divine. I got to spread my seed." Yes, I remember that, and I remember Malcolm X's face was like. He was like, oh, okay. He's like, you're <laughs> sick. <laughs> yeah, like you're sick. Yo, they yo, uh, let me remember uh, correctly. In the book, they was like, this is what they believe that black people were like, on this island. And then like some thing was like, I'm going to create a devil. So it, some, I, I can't remember all of it, but it's like, uh, it's somehow white people were made. <laughs> I'm telling you, and, and Malcolm X said, this is what we're taught. That we were here and somebody was like, I'm going to make a devil for you. So like oh, they put, wow. they put these creatures like away from the sun, and like they so you know like they had less melanin melanin, uh -huh. and they, they they turned out white, and oh, those were the, the devils for black people. Mm -hmm. Oh wow, that's just one of the things. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that those are the things that they believed. I just just assumed that they were Muslim and. Well, I thought they were just calling them white devils because they were evil. Well, like you know, like a lot of them were evil. I won't say well, 
<laughs> yeah, I think at that time yeah. it was warranted. Um, yeah, yeah, most definitely. <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. They were definitely um, doing a lot back then. But like all that fantastical stuff, I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, it begs the question, what's the difference between a cult and a religion? Mm. Very fine line. I'm not I'm not ready to have that conversation yet. Man. <laughs> what's the name of this podcast? That's what we do. Of Saints and Saints. Breaking down the stronghold. Oh my God. Yeah, no, I, I'm not ready to have that conversation yet. Not because I'm not interested in it, because I mm-hmm. I try to look up articles that break down the difference. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's a very, very fine line. Uh, but I don't wanna I don't wanna blaspheme on this thing. Why? That's what well, we do. Anyway, I, I want to get to heaven. I want to go heaven. I want to go heaven. Speaking of them, <laughs> yo, they used to get roasted back in the day. Yo. Mary, Mary. Yo, they used to get roasted. Why? And I, and I was probably right there with them, too. You were? Like, mm-hmm, I was like, mm, just, what is this music? You, I, I definitely said, I remember one time, you and I, we were hanging out. I forget what we were doing. I was just like... I was like, yo, I really like this song. You were like, hmm. You like turned your nose up at me. Yep. Yep. Cause like, but you know, I just, I feel so bad for all those days. I feel so bad for anybody I've ever hurt when I was in high school or college. <laughs> Cause I was like a snob and I wasn't even like that holy. It was awful. Um, But no, like when their music came out, it was like, I won't say it was secular, but it just had a secular look to it. You like the pants and the, um, they just thought they were dressing normal but you know they were gospel artists yeah so they were kind of like that 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 they were ushering that new look of like the casual look for church yeah and they were they were all up in that mm-hmm. like the big hoop earrings that like coloring yeah. their hair people weren't doing that like mainstream back then so listen those are both look, they successful said take women the, take the shackles off my feet so i can dance all right Yo, all that. <laughs> and that one song took them. Well, there was more than one, but yeah. that one particular song took them to new heights. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm not here to talk about Mary Mary today. But uh, while we're on the topics of movies, what do you think about uh, this Anne Boylan movie coming out with the girl from uh, Queen Queen and Slim? Okay, so I just think, well, now, because I used to say that Hamilton started this, but now I need to go back and remember Brent Cinderella did this with the black, with the white king, black queen, Asian son. You know, the colorblind casting thing? Yeah. I think it works for like fantasy world like that. Mm-hmm. I think when you start dipping it in history, it can become a little problematic. Yeah. Um, you know, Anne Boleyn, she was like, uh, King Henry VIII's like kind of whore, and then he married her, and killed and then her. He had her. Then he had her killed. I don't know, man. I, I just feel like, first of all, there are black stories out there in history. I'm about to like like some dope things somebody just wrote. In history, there are plenty of black stories that we don't even know. So why is there not um, a platform for those stories? And yeah, that's my big thing. It's like you know yeah. what you know what kills me. Mm-hmm. All these years in Hollywood, 
I have not seen a movie about Queen Nefertiti, Nefertiti mm-hmm. or Ramses with black people that wasn't the the king the Ten Commandments. And they were no, they were white. Nefertiti was black. No, you're I'm thinking about oh, no, no, oh, no, no, oh, you no, mean no, like no, the no. actors? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Like, wait, can you imagine? I was, like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? No, that would be awful. No, yeah, that, um, Ann Baxter played Nefertiti, Nefertiti in that movie. Totally yeah. white. Um, Yo Brenner was like brown. He was yo. He was like Russian. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was crazy. But you know, it's so funny, like, because I love that movie. I watch it all the time. But it's like the hieroglyphics would be black people. Black. And and there's a oh, there's an early scene in that movie, and like Moses conquers Ethiopia. Mm. The Ethiopian king king like jet black. Like I'm like, so you're not telling me that this is like the next country down. Right. And, and they're black and y'all are not. It's it's wild. It's wild. Yeah. Like I so my, my thing is if you're gonna do this, you gotta make it really good. But my my only problem with this particular role is like I don't need to see black people getting executed by but what is essentially like a state sanctioned execution mm-hmm. in a role that and something that like didn't actually happen to a black person. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to see this black woman get killed at the end of this movie. Like I already, like that didn't happen. You know what I want to, I don't want to see no black woman playing a white woman. Yeah, I'm just so, I'm so good on that. Like, yeah, it's weird. It's, it's, it's weird. really weird. Yeah. And I, I really wasn't into Bridgerton like that. I thought it was kind of, I don't know. It's just so tacky to me. Like, why do you got to like, um, integrate high aristocratic English uh, 1800s, uh, 17th century living. Like, why do we have to do that? Why can't... And then the problem is, okay, then if you pick, like, a black uh, point in time where, like, the people were black and you put in white people, that's going to be a problem. That would be a problem. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Bridgerton is fantasy, right? Like, I have no problem with... I have no problem with that being... happening... I think when it comes to like historical movies, I don't, yeah, like I don't care to see like race bending in, in historical fact. I think we live in a society that already has issues with like what, how things actually happened and what things didn't happen, you know? And so that I can understand why it's touchy, but like Bridgerton, I'm like, all right, fine. Like, so be it. I think my only problem with Bridgerton's, um, they actually mention, um, they mention race in that movie or in that show at one point, but it's almost like this weird thing where it's like the society is geared in a way where like, it's as if, it's as if, okay, once slavery was over, like it was literally the end of it and they they made room for for the black yeah right that's that's why yeah which fine like i i have no problem with seeing a world where that might have happened but it was just like the dialogue when they did mention race it was almost as if like it was like this precarious tension between the black and white people but 
they didn't play that out at all in the show. Like there was no, there was no like tension between the black and white people. It was just like, nah, he's a Duke and he's got money. That was the end of it. Um, so that one line in particular bothered me, but I was actually told that apparently there was, there was a rumor that, um, that King George's wife oh, yeah, might have himself. been, yeah, yeah might yeah. have been um, biracial or, or some sort. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so like, I get it. If you're going off that, off of that rumor and you're saying like, this could have been what the world looked like, you know, all right, fine. So be it. But like, if I know there were no black people in this era, like not holding high positions in an actual like factual situation. I don't really need to see it. I think that's part of the reason why I haven't been like to see Hamilton, even though I've heard it's excellent. You know, it's just, I'm just kind of like, I already know these people were white. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need to see it retold by blacks and, and Latinx people. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that was my thing about it. It's like, it's kind of like an erasure of what really happened. Like, no, these black people were like y'all servants and slaves. It was getting next to nothing and Mm. working y'all land. And yes, in England too. Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, well, let's just put this. And first of all, it's just a move to get people to watch. Like, oh, oh, um, no, no color, no race. It's going to get more people. I don't know. It just, you know, I'm kind of like a history buff. So it just seemed like weird to me. Because yeah. that's not that's not how it was. I mean, look, you're not the only person who has felt that way. And I think people who feel that way do have a right to feeling that way, you know, especially to your point. There are already so many stories that aren't being told about Black people, um, you know, that center Black people. Uh, I think there's... There... I, I just don't want this to be Hollywood's way of saying like, oh, this is how we're going to diversify Hollywood by yeah, telling yeah. more white stories just with, <laughs> we're just going to, you know, do some race bending and that's how yeah. we're going to diversify. It's like, no, just tell accurate, just tell a variety of accurate stories that center people of different ethnicities you don't mm-hmm. need to do all this race bending. It's it's yeah. not nece- it's not necessary. It seemed like another form of white savior complex. Like oh, like like you just said, let's go in, let's do a nice, interesting story and a uh, an uh, interesting part of history, and just put blacks in there because then it, it'll make you feel like you're a part of it. Right, right. And I'll just and, uh... and that's like, that's like a savior. Complex. Let's make you feel good. But it, <laughs> it's weird. It, it is weird. Like yo, them niggas with no duchess get out of here. <laughs> All owning land. They were get probably pharaohs though. They were probably queens yeah. and pharaohs. We could do that. And my thing is like, my thing is like, if you want to give us something, put an accurate Egyptian story out there. Mm-hmm. We ain't seen it yet. And the thing is, you don't even. Here's the thing. I know we we tend to focus. We in America tend to focus so much on like the histories of Egypt, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that like you know, Egypt had conquered a good portion of like Northern Africa and even parts of the Middle East. But, you know, they also had contact with like the Romans and, you know, that was a whole thing. 
but africa is a huge huge continent Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. tons of history Mm -hmm. you know there's so much more so many more stories to be told that can come from that from that continent that will center black people center black people different like ethnic groups and histories that we could be doing that would be more interesting than seeing well, I'm glad she got the work seeing this black woman play Queen Anne, who how many times how many more how many more times do we need to see her story? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Like right. Yep. Listen. <laughs> honestly, the the entire I mean, I get it. The royal family, they're like the last well, especially the one that Queen Elizabeth is over right now. They're the most popular one right now. This is still her bloodline, like Anne Boleyn going back there. That's her ancestors, really. Yeah, yeah. Not Anne Boleyn herself, because obviously not. But yeah, um, actually, she is. Um, no, because her daughter. No, no, her. No, her daughter. She had a daughter, Elizabeth the first. This is back in the fifteen hundreds. Yeah, it's kind of a thing. I don't. Whatever. Um, no, you know, right. I know, I know King Henry, he's a Tudor, and that's what this yeah. line of royalty is, right. is a right. part of. Yeah, so I was, I was thinking about her daughter. Well, anyway, so yeah, Damn, uh, you know what's crazy? They'll never have like wars to figure out new kings and queens, nah, nah. like nobody's taking over anywhere anymore. Like, <laughs> that's over. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there's no one who could be like, you know, I think this, I think it's. We're, we're ripe for for regime change. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yo, when I was watching this video about the history of the royal family, and like in the early days, they'd be like, yeah, no, that's mine. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm here. Right. Like, a lot of that was going on. It's like, you know what? I think I want to take, you know, that land that we actually parted with, uh, we gave to France. I think we want it back now. And the yeah, only yeah, yeah. way we're going to do it is by killing everybody on the land. Yep, yep. That's how they used to get down. <laughs> it's crazy. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. Um, all right, we'll take a short break and we'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, so this is our favorite segment, your favorite segment, our saint and center of the week. Uh, I'll start it off so... Our Saint of the Week, I'm giving to Charles D. King, who is the founder of Macro Productions, which is a Black-owned and operated film production company. You know them for films that we mentioned earlier today, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mudbound, Fences. Um, I believe they also produced a TV show called Hintified, which is about uh, Latinx people here in America. Uh, Sorry to Bother You and Just Mercy. Um, So, you know, I just wanted to recognize him for bringing forth a lot of Black voices to the forefront, especially in Hollywood in the time of Hollywood So White, or was it? It was Oscars So White, right? Oscars So White, you know, we, we talk about the need to own production companies and to you know, have people like us involved in the production of films about us. And I just think Macro is doing a fantastic job of that by bringing not just historical uh, figures to the screen, but also 
you know, fictional works about black people and the way that we live our lives here in America. I think it's, I think it's been great so far. Did you ever see Mudbound? Uh, I think once. I think we were at, I think we saw one of the actors at, um, at first Saturdays at the Brooklyn museum. Oh, I don't yeah, know if you yeah, remember. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> you said, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you see Fences? Yeah. Denzel. And oh, um, yeah, that wow. was really good. Yeah. And Viola Davis. Yeah, they killed that. Because you know, I that was I, a stage play. Yeah, I think first. I saw him do it. Um, but that's him do a Raisin of the Sun. Oh, well, I saw Denzel. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, did, I did see the movie. Um, yeah. It was great. It was amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's great to have Black people showcasing Black art. Mm-hmm. That's always just going to be a beautiful sight because we should be, it's not that other people can't tell our stories or help, but for so long, you know, black people have been curated by a white production team. You know, like, right, they, right. you know, like, you know, after slavery, you got the whole Jigaboo, you know, you know, like the, the whole Aunt Jemima thing. Now they didn't change the name for that. You know, that was white people doing that. Did you see what they changed the name to? Yeah. I'm just like, you could have left it for me. <laughs> Like the, the <laughs> I, I was fine with it. I don't know. Like I don't. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> just, you, honestly, probably. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. They probably could have kept the name and just got rid of like the icon. But I don't know. I don't yeah. Know. I mean, I just. For, for, I didn't see a problem with the latest icon. Now, I mean, the mammy. Whatever. You know, that's a thing. But the latest one was like a black lady. What was it? The Mills Basin Company or something like Her, that. Pearl Mill or something like so like. <laughs> So now people are going to always say, give me Aunt Jemima. Like, what are you going to say? Give me that pearl mill? Oh, I God. was always a log cabin person anyway, so. Oh, yeah. No, I can't. No. Yeah, log cabin was my joint. And now I'm just going with regular, regular. No, I should say, I shouldn't say regular, regular. I will be going with actual maple syrup, not high fructose corn syrup. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But yeah, that's dope of them. Um you know, and those are great works, um, that the ones that they uh, produced so far. So mm-hmm. I'll be interested to see what they come up with next. Um, I'm always interested in, like, um, from the history aspect, like Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, can't wait to see what else they do. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. Bring us a, uh, an, a Queen Nefertiti movie. Yeah, they're not going to do it, though. Well, if they get the look, if they get the 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 right screenplay, the right actors, you could do anything. Um, because you know they're doing another Cleopatra movie. With who? Um, what's her name? The the woman from uh, Wonder Woman. Oh, hold on. Yo, did you, you remember when Angelina Jolie was gonna do it? But they didn't. They they, they never did it. Well, you know, she wasn't black. No, she wasn't dark black, no. But no, she was, Cleopatra wasn't black she was, at all. I know, she was Greek. She was Greek. Yeah, but she was darker. She wasn't, she wasn't yeah. a little bit taller. She, she was... All the pictures, all the... His, I mean, well, I don't know if they're historic, if they're accurate or not, but all the stories I've ever heard, she was always just kind of like this really fair-skinned woman, and I took that to mean she was white. <laughs> she just happened to live in in egypt Mm -hmm. but 
Well, by that time, that was like the last of the last. Yeah, like Hellenistic. They were, they were already mixed by then. Yeah, that's true. Anyways, um, our center of the week or centers go to the Senate Republicans who acquitted Trump, <laughs> but then said that he was absolutely responsible for the riots that occurred last month. Explain that to me, EJ. What? Listen, (laughs) this supremacy goes so deep. (laughs) It does. This stuff is so sewed up. Deep into my bones. Yo. (laughs) Yo, you... Oh, God. You can't even tell me, like, he ain't know he was getting off. This wasn't even, like, a... This wasn't even a fair thing. I honestly... Anytime... I think... This is one of the things that I I try to ignore actual news about. Like I remember at one point they were like, "Oh my gosh, they're going to call in an unexpected surprise. They're going to call witnesses." I was just like, "Oh, they're actually going to have a real trial about this." And then like half an hour later, it was just like, "Okay, they acquitted him." <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, "What happened to the witnesses?" Yep. Yep. <laughs> like, Wait a minute. I've watched too much of Law and Order to know that it takes a while to get your witnesses together. Yo, this trial, yo, this trial was like four days. I was like, wow, this is. Oh, I couldn't believe, like when he said he got acquitted. I just, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Well, no, I could believe that he got acquitted. I no, no. I mean, I mean, in the time span. Oh, like was, oh yeah. Well, look at how quickly they did the first one. Oh yeah. It didn't take. It didn't take very long. For the first one and and now that he's definitely out of office it wasn't going to take long um but i i was just annoyed with the republicans were like oh yeah i voted to acquit him but i definitely think he's responsible for what he did and i'm just like you can't you can't straddle the line on this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Could you imagine if the jury for the O.J. Simpson trial was just like, it's like, nah, we acquitted him, but we know he did it. Right, right, right. People would be like, huh? That, like, this is why some there, there needs to be something done after this that holds these representatives accountable Mm-hmm. to actual laws when they do these these like senate hearings and stuff like i don't know what i don't know what mechanism they can they can put in place but you can't go up there and say oh i think he's absolutely guilty and then or you say that no he's not guilty of anything but then say like oh he he absolutely was i was just doing this because Da, 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 da. Nah, say that you were up there. You said you did what you did because you didn't want your base to vote you out in your next term. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And it's not even like he's your friend. Like he, he completely ruined your party. Yeah, but people, I guess they got their own agenda. They're looking out for their own interests. But it's going to be weird if you do this. And I think, I think what a lot of people are predicting we won't know obviously like four years is a long time but like but i mean if you think about it some of these people's seats are up for 
election in the next two years because they are they only hold their position for two years. If Trump is still a major voice somehow, some way, I don't know how, what they I don't know how he gets his voice out there. But like, if he's a major voice and he is, you know, putting his support behind certain people and not behind others, Mitch McConnell, if you lose your next election because all these people voted for someone that Trump said, no, you should vote for him. Mm, You know, it's kind of like, do you still stand behind what you did? You know what I mean? Like you might as well have just acquitted him. I mean, found him guilty. Mm -hmm. And the fact of the matter is, you know that you're in a, in a messed up position. You don't want to relinquish power. This is all about power for, for most of these people, right? Like, it's not like Mitch McConnell is desperate for a job. This man is wealthy beyond means, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. Like I said, I just think it's a bunch of handshaking going back, uh, back, backstage. A lot of reach arounds. Yeah. A lot of reach arounds. (laughs) You know, they don't, don't say that. <laughs> so, you know, this and that, this and that, you know, everybody has a, a reason they do something. Yeah. I mean, and they could be trying to, they could be saving face. Like, okay, I don't, I think what he did was horrible. I think, you know, you could be saving face for a certain group of people, but then you're helping them get off for another group of people. It's just, you never know what people's motives truly are, mm. especially in that game. Yeah. Politics is a nasty game. Yeah, we'll never know. And we don't know what Trump has on some people. You never know. He's like, okay, you get me in jail. I'm I'm walling out. Or not not in jail, but like impeached. Like, like I'm walling out on you. I'm sharing everything. I thought they said I thought they said that they saw Trump getting peed on by some Russian prostitutes. Whatever happened to that video? Reaching around. <laughs> he gave a reach around to somebody. Yeah, like that's gone. It's that gone. That's come on out. So much of his crap is gone. Like that man had a full term. I can't believe it. Yo, and and we just sat there and took it. Yeah, like yo, what you gonna do? <laughs> no Vaseline. Yeah. Oh <laughs> just like wild out. But you know. <laughs> oh man. Well, hopefully we are in a more perfect union yeah now that we have different leadership well i want to say one last thing before we go i want a happy black history month to janet jackson finally oh yeah finally yes she's getting a little bit of justice just a little bit just a little bit she ain't gonna get all of it because that ain't the way the world works yeah they vilified her for for what justin did Ain't that something? He the one that did it. If that ain't a picture of of how the world is with this stuff, I, that's, yeah. that's it. This man did it, and she got blackballed. I never understood what happened because I was watching it as it was going down, and in my head, I was just like, "Did he just rip her? Did he just rip something off of her breast and like expose her like that?" And, and I never, and I just remember everything was just like, oh, 
Janet Jackson exposes her. So I'm just like, but Justin was the one that ripped it off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So why isn't nah nah? We gonna let him cry cry a river, <laughs> cry me a river, America. That's exactly what he told us to do. Yeah, if that ain't white privilege superiority, I don't know what else is. Did you watch the Britney Spears doc? Not yet. I, yo, I haven't even had the time. I swear. But no, I, I heard about you know like when he kind of like dogged her out back then. Oh my god. Yo, amazing. It's really short. It's really short when when they talk about him and their relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it amazes me. I'm sure he he I'm sure he put the apology out because he heard what he said about her and would probably cringed at it. Yeah. The um, apology was trash, by the way. It was. It it said that like it said that he only apologized because this documentary about Britney Spears came out. I don't yep. remember him putting out an apology after all these years Yeah, for Janet Jackson personally saying like, hey, I messed up. And what happened to you after that Super Bowl was not okay. Yep. And if the doc didn't come out about Britney Spears... Well, we already know he wasn't gonna apologize to her, but he, yo, Janet Jackson's only getting the crumbs of the Britney Spears doc. Yeah, right. She's only getting. It's like, oh yeah, because I think people were just like, well, you, you know, what about what about Janet Jackson? Yeah, yeah. So it, she's just getting the crumbs of that. When this are we is, getting a Janet Jackson doc or a biopic? Yeah, yeah. I'll watch that. Well, we got enough of that in the Bobby Brown train. Because when I tell you, wait, she was in the Bobby Brown one when he was screwing her. What? (laughs) That was like the hugest blow. I thought that. Wait, I thought it was Latoya that he was dating. No, he. Yo, first of all, nobody even knew they they was having sex. So when you put it in his movie, yo, everybody was. (laughs) Everybody lost it, like. He was banging her. <laughs> Not the girl that was just like that was telling everybody to wait to no. have sex. Yo, in the movie, I don't know how true it is, but in the movie, she was almost like you going back to your girl. It was something scandalous like that. Oh wow! In the movie, I was like, well, that's all we need to see. Oh, uh, don't do Janet like that. I don't know. That's Janet. so funny. Before she was young. She still is. She still is. But I'm saying, like, in her 20s and 30s, amazing. You know what I was thinking about? And this is going to be my last point before we sign off. Another, I guess, another uh, Valentine's Day uh, reference. But, like, what are going to be, like, the great, I guess, like, love stories of this decade that, like, you know, transcend time? Like, between people? Yeah, like uh Barack and Michelle. Yeah, okay. Barack and Michelle. I'm guessing Jay-Z and Beyonce. But I'm talking about, you know how like they always talk about how uh how Cleopatra basically she she had like Julius Caesar and oh, was it, and Mark what was his name? Mark Anthony. Mark like, Anthony wrapped around her fingers oh, and stuff. Yeah. Oh, 
Oh, Lori Harvey. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. There you go. There you have it. You hear what Uzi said? I did. And it was the stupidest thing I ever heard. Yeah. It's like, yo, we, we as... We as men, as black men, need to just, we need to find our confidence outside of controlling black women and what they do with their bodies. Yep, yep. Like there is a serious, there's a serious uh, mindset or debilitative mindset in our community about what kind of roles black men and women should play in relationships and and how and how we actually value women there's a serious deficit in in like what we think and what's actually happening Mm -hmm. and you know, I think we we really need to do a better job of raising our sons to just respect Black women, to find Black women beautiful, you know, regardless of, of, you know, what they do with their bodies. Like, I, I don't know. It's it's. I, I don't have the words for it right now, and we're we're about to run out of time, <laughs> but. Could, but we will we will pick this back up yeah i mean definitely i just feel like it it just goes back to like this purity culture and like what we're supposed to supposed to be against what we really desire and over the centuries women have just been viewed as like they're supposed to especially like christian women or if you want to like be married because like what laurie is doing I mean, people are calling her that now, but like, especially 10, 20 years ago, she'd be a hoe. Like, you're a hoe. Right, right. right. But you are, you're, you're like passing yourself around. But why can't she do it? First of all, she's like 23 or 24. She is a grown maybe, woman. She's maybe, she don't want, maybe she don't want kids. Or maybe she don't want to be married. Right. He was so, what did he say? Like, she getting passed around. It was just like, she's not getting passed around. She is quite literally choosing the men that she wants to engage with oh my god it's amazing but like men it's such a double standard because men can like pass themselves around and yeah. who's gonna, who gonna say what they, they're not gonna say anything yep it, yo was like, he the one that, was he the one that said i'm taking my son to a strip club yes he was the one oh, that said dude, that this dude is a thing okay yeah he he's he's definitely got some uh some archaic ideas of what men and women should and should not be doing in in society especially in relationships he was just like i was what he say about her he said you know i was over there you know when she was with diddy and now she's been with future and oh like whoever it was and i was just kind of like you're acting as if she is as if like any and anybody can just call her up and she's going to be an easy slide. And even if, and even if that was the case, that's her choice. Yeah. Yeah. Like if that's what she wants to do with her body, it's not impacting you. Right. 
if that's not someone that you want to deal with, don't deal with her. You ain't even got to comment on these uh, on this person. Yeah. Well, one thing I've I've come to know in my life, someone always, and it's not everybody, but some people need someone to look down on or to judge. Mm. Like you know, it just makes you feel better somehow, um, because you're looking. So you, something's doing something, quote unquote, worse than what you're doing, and they're actually comfy. He's bothered by her comfort. Right. You think a woman like that, you know, she's like insecure. She's like, oh, like she's passing herself around. But it's like, oh, you know, I don't want nobody to know. She's like, hey, it, it's really the 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 um the confidence that probably bothers him. Yeah. Yeah. So he's mad that he's mad that women are congratulating her or saying like this is goals that like her ability to move from one man to another without having you know I guess like the consequences or I should say like without being caught up in like this crazy romance that goes sour like she's making the decision to move on from one person and go to the next and maybe she's she's still young she probably don't want to be tied down by nobody mm-hmm. she, you know she is uh, i'm assuming that she's intelligent because she seems to be the only person that has had a relationship with future who didn't come out with a baby right right like that dude's got I don't know how many kids now. I think it's like some crazy number, like ten plus. Yeah, we got to. Yeah, we got to about this. Be my story today. Like girls don't want Russell women. They want future to act like Russell was a uh, Russell. Yeah, thing. I'm just like <laughs> that was not, profound. not profound, but it was just like that. I've been hearing that so much lately. It's that, like it's they don't want, women don't want Russell. They want future, but they want future to act like Russell. Yeah, like they don't want a good guy. They want to break a bad guy and make him good. Uh, part of that whole mental like um, control kind of thing. I can change him kind of thing. It it's usually just a stem from trauma. Yeah, I also I also question like when I read stuff like that. I'm like, okay, but who are these women that this person is dealing with? Right. Well, I think a lot of people just, I don't, I wouldn't say they're like bad women. I just think some people like a challenge. Mm. It's like, oh, I got this good guy. He's lucky. And which I think that is a desire. But then I think people just like to shake things up a little bit. It's like, okay, imagine like if someone's so available, like every, like they just always at your beck and call. Oh, man, like, that was me. Oh, I was, I was that dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, nah, like, like a girl want to call a guy, he don't pick up. Then she wouldn't like be like, oh. Where's he at? Like that, people like that kind of push. They don't want to be cheated on, but they want like a little bit of give. Like I gotta work for this. I was talking to a friend, and she was just like, "Yeah, like I want a nigga to just set me straight. Like talk kind of disrespect, not disrespect me, just, <laughs> I that. but just not like not like not, not like a pushover. Like yeah. somebody's agreeable. It's like nah, tell, tell me you're not doing that shit. Yeah, so like, that kind of like." stuff i'm not saying russell wilson does not have a backbone i think let me just not generalize and say i think people just like spice they like spice i don't even think it's you know when you say like that it's not even really spice as much as it is you want to know or i'll say from a woman's perspective and this is me assuming 
a woman wants to know that the man that she's with is mentally strong enough to make a decision, stand by it. And even if someone challenges that position, he will have the fortitude to respond in a way that he is solid in, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, so, so say she's like, um, say she asks you to do something for her, right? And you don't want to do it or like, you know, whatever it is, you may have a conflict or whatever. Yeah, you know, make the adjustment every once in a while, but sometimes she just wants you to like, just stand firm in the fact that like, nah, like I'm not doing this because of A, B, and C. You should have did it this way. And that be the end of it, you know. Um, they don't. They don't want. They don't want a man who is afraid of conflict. I think that's what it is. Because conflict is going to show up in your life, and, and she's like, she like, let me test you here before we right before we get out in the street or we get into another situation where the consequences are much more dire, you know, mm -hmm. than me just being mad at you for like a couple okay. of hours or day whatever it is yeah 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 so well that's your valentine's day lesson everybody uh we will be back next week follow us on our socials at instagram at of saints and sinners podcast on twitter at of no it's actually twitter saints sinners pod um yeah, we'll see you next week. Spread the word. Tell your friends. Help us grow our flock. We'll talk to you later. Peace. Peace, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>